A fire broke out at Shuri Castle, a UNESCO World Heritage Site in Naha, the capital of Okinawa Prefecture, early Thursday. The fire started People in Japan and around the world were stunned to awake on October 31, 2019, to the news that Shuri Castle, a UNESCO World Heritage Site in Naha, Okinawa, had burned to the ground. The fire, whose cause is still undetermined, destroyed six buildings at the site, including hundreds of artifacts and historical relics. Just this week, on February 10, 2020, reconstruction work got underway as workers made preparations to clear debris and begin the long process of rebuilding the lost structures. Yet amidst the catastrophic losses springs hope for a revitalization of traditional Okinawan culture. What is the historical background of Shuri Castle? And what significance does the castle hold for the people of Okinawa? How devastating is the loss of the castle along with the cultural artifacts held within? And what complications and unexpected benefits arise from the reconstruction process? I'm Tristan Gruno, and this is Japan on the Record. For more on the significance and reconstruction of Shuri Castle, I talked with Dr. Travis Seifman, postdoctoral project researcher at the University of Tokyo Historiographical Institute. Dr. Seifman is a historian of Okinawa and wrote about the destruction of Shuri Castle in an article entitled, The Loss of Shuri Castle is a Devastating Blow for the People of Okinawa, in Apollo, the international art magazine. I started by asking Dr. Seifman to briefly describe the historical importance of the castle. The site that's called Shuri Castle today, and we can talk about whether it really should be called a castle or a palace or a gusuku, that's sort of a separate issue. But the site that's called Shuri Castle today was the main royal palace of the Ryukyu Kingdom, which was a separate independent kingdom, separate from Japan for a few hundred years, and was only annexed by Japan, was only made part of Japan in the 1870s. So this is a royal palace, very comparable to the royal palaces in Seoul in Korea. The palace was taken over by the Japanese military in the 1870s when the kingdom was, was annexed, and then it was destroyed in 1945 in the Battle of Okinawa. And after that, for almost 50 years, there was no Shuri Castle. It was destroyed and it was not rebuilt until 1992. Since the rebuilding in 1992, and even before the rebuilding in, in terms of the people pushing to get it rebuilt, and then especially also after it was rebuilt, Shuri Castle has taken on this significance for a lot of people in Okinawa as a symbol of the greatness of their history, the greatness of their culture. Okinawa is very often seen as very peripheral or very small. So I think Shuri Castle as a palace that incorporates both Ming and Japanese architectural elements. It's really a symbol of the greatness of the Ryukyu kingdom as a Confucian kingdom as a great cultured, civilized kingdom, much like Korea, much like other parts of the region. And I think for a lot of people pushing to get it rebuilt in the 1970s, 1980s, and then when it was finally rebuilt in 92, they were asserting that seeing the castle rebuilt sort of shows that now in the late 20th century, Tokyo actually sees the Okinawan people as full Japanese citizens and, you know, is going to treat them as people who deserve to be taken care of and to have their interests and desires respected, and so on and so forth. The fire itself broke out two 2.30 in the morning, and people woke up on the morning of October 31st to see this news. But what do we know about the fire itself? How much of the castle was destroyed? Was it the entire building, the entire compound, or exactly what buildings were lost? Yes, yes. Thanks for getting at those specifics. So 
since I'm in Japan, you know, I woke up that morning and I saw it in the news as well. They were playing videos of the fire on the Tokyo subway. In any case, from what we understand now, the fire began in the Seiden, in the main hall of the palace. If anyone knows anything about Shuri Castle, that's probably the building that you've seen pictures of. And it seems like it's probably started with some kind of electrical fault, maybe in the security system or in some kind of electrical box in the rear part of the Seiden. Official investigations, which you know just ended, I think, last week or so, have officially determined that they have not determined the cause of the fire, but there doesn't seem to be any evidence of arson or anything like that. But ultimately, what burned down in the end was the Seiden and then roughly six buildings around it. So it's the six buildings that are at the center of the palace, the most crucial, the most central buildings, which includes, in terms of today's terminology, it includes basically the entire area that you would have had to pay to get into. The whole rest of the castle park is a public park. It's free to wander around. But the part that you have to pay to get into to see the art exhibits and the galleries and and so on and so forth, all of that is what was lost, including 400 art objects. What was not lost, what's still perfectly intact, is most of the gates of the palace, most of the walls of the palace. I was just there a couple of weeks ago, and the Shuremon, the very famous gate that's on the 2,000 yen bill, is perfectly fine, just as it always was. And all but one of the gates of the palace, uh, outer gates, inner gates, and so forth, survived the fire perfectly fine. So it's the innermost palace buildings, where the throne room was, and so on and so forth. You mentioned before that the castle itself had been rebuilt before, you know, destroyed during World War II, for example. So some people might say, well, this wasn't the original, so why is it such a big deal? And the title of your article, in fact, was The Loss of Shuri Castle is a Devastating Blow. So can you talk about what made it such a devastating blow? Yes. So that was certainly one of the first reactions that I saw, and I have to admit, probably one of the first reactions that I had myself. We don't know precisely when Shuri Castle was really first built, but it probably took on something resembling its current form in the 1500s, somewhere around 1500 to 1550. And it burned down at some point around then in the 16th century. It burned down again at least once in the 17th and once in the 18th century. And then it was destroyed again in 1945. And when it was finally rebuilt in 92, it was rebuilt to look like the early 18th century version of the castle as best as they could, which was the version that had survived all the way until 45. So some people at that time in the 1970s and 80s, when they were pushing for rebuilding the castle, were saying that it's not so much Saiken, simply a rebuilding, but that it's Fukugen, it's restoring the castle to its original form, because it's been burned down several times before. And so at that time, it was rebuilt again as an authentic version of the palace, not just as some kind of inauthentic imitation. So this is the real castle again. Regardless of whether it is rebuilt or whether it is the original, this is the palace of the Ryukyu kings. This is symbolic of the kingdom that used to exist. This is the place where these things happened, even if it's built a couple meters above the actual ruins. This is the place where all those things actually happened. And I think for a lot of people, visiting the restored castle or viewing it from down in the town, it really means sweeping away the ruins of 45 and rebuilding something. Right, and having it be there again as a symbol of Ryukyuan identity and culture, and also as a site for cultural activities and cultural revitalization. At least since 92, if not actually earlier, they've been reenacting the kingdom's New Year's ceremonies and various other sort of seasonal ceremonies. And I think while one could certainly argue that there's some element of that that's just entertainment or just touristy reenactment or whatever you might want to call it, I think there's some element in there of genuinely enacting the rituals that had been performed in that place 
praying to heaven on the case of the New Year's and so on and so forth. And certainly the loss of what you said, four or 500 pieces of art in the museum and other documents and other historical artifacts certainly is quite devastating as well. Yes, yes. So thankfully, everything that's been officially designated by the national government as a important cultural property or a national treasure are all safe. And a lot of what was lost was actually modern replicas. Somewhere around 300 to 350 objects that were lost were original objects, mostly ceramics, lacquerwares, a few paintings. It is a devastating loss. I mean, Okinawa lost so much in the war that to lose anything more, any artifacts at all, is devastating again. But at the same time, they're fortunate that all the most important objects, if we if we want to say it that way, thankfully are safe, either in the castle's you know storage vaults or at other museums, and were not actually there at the time when it happened. And you mentioned that you just were there a couple of weeks ago. So could you give us kind of a you know, on-the-ground view of what the castle is like now, and tell us what you know of any reconstruction plans? Sure. So I wish that I might have had the chance to go a little bit sooner to sort of see things maybe as they were developing even sooner. But I was happy to go a couple of weeks ago. And I was happy to see that, as I said before, all the outer walls, all the outer gates of the castle are all still perfectly intact. And they've reopened the tourist centers and the, the guest centers and the restaurants and things like this. So you can walk up through the Shuremon, through the Kankaimon, and into the castle complex itself. You can't go into the innermost plaza, the Una, which is where the fire took place. But And I was happy to see that they do let you go right next to it, right around the side of that plaza, and you can sort of peek over some barriers, over some walls. And you can see pretty clearly the whole plaza, and you can see fairly clearly some version of the ruins. I'm not sure exactly how much it's been cleaned up since the fire, but I think, first of all, in order to provide a tourist site that still has some attraction to it because this was the most visited tourist site in the prefecture and they, on an economic level, they need to maintain tourism and tourism numbers have definitely declined since the fire. So allowing people as far in as they can to allow them to see it and not just barring them was kind of nice to see in a certain sense, if nice is the right word. And also both to allow locals to be able to see it, but also to allow tourists to be able to understand just what was lost and to try to get a sense of wanting to support the rebuilding. So in terms of rebuilding the palace, both the prefectural government and the national government have pledged that they want to see it rebuilt as soon as possible. And a lot of money has been set aside for it. I think the prefectural government and the national government both have set aside you know, quite a lot of money for it. I mean, there have been a lot of donations from all over Japan, as well as I think the Taiwanese government donated quite a bit of money. And there's been money certainly coming in from all around the world as well. As far as I understand, a plan has been officially adopted. And I think some piece of the construction might actually be starting even as early as next month. My understanding is that the plan currently is to just rebuild it as it was before the fire. But I was talking to people when I did visit. And I think as one might expect with any event at any point in time, there's going to be disagreements and sort of conversations around what could be done. So we'll see what happens some people are saying that they would like to see the castle described not as a castle, but as a gusuku, and to somehow or other recreate the exhibits in a way that reflects a much more indigenous activist sort of point of view of the history. So there's a lot of discussion there. But then the other piece that I guess I should mention is that despite how much money has been donated and how much, thankfully, the prefectural and national governments are both on board about rebuilding it, there have been a lot of concerns about materials. 
Back in 92, and perhaps even more so today, there's the question of who still survives, how many carpenters and architects and lacquerware artists and so on, you know, do we still have who can help rebuild it according to traditional, correct Okinawan traditions? Even back in 92, that was a concern. You had some people who worked on some repairs of the castle in the 1930s who were still around in the 1950s to help rebuild the Shuremon. And then some people who helped work on that Shuremon project in the 1950s were still around all the way in the 1990s when they were rebuilding the castle for the first time. But then a lot of people who helped work on it in the 90s are no longer around today. And just as with traditional arts in many aspects of Japanese culture, in many parts of Japan, there are so few masters left and a lot of them don't have apprentices. And so it's a problem. There's also concerns about getting large enough pieces of lumber, large enough trees to build the main pillars for the new palace. In 92, they got them ultimately from Taiwan. But now from what I hear, and hopefully this is still correct, but from what I hear, the Taiwanese government has put in place sort of stronger forestry protections. And so they might not be providing those trees again. There was concerns about whether or not there'd be enough ceramic artists and enough materials to be able to reproduce. I think it's either 50,000 or 500,000 roof tiles that are going to be needed. And, and they need to rebuild not just the castle, but all of the things inside it, You know, reproducing the royal throne, reproducing these sort of calligraphic plaques that hung over the throne room. There's a lot of things to be reproduced. And in that sense, the fact that they have to go back and revisit this stuff and reproduce it, perhaps you could say the silver lining is that we're actually going to make sure there's people who know how to do this stuff even maybe 50 years from now when the castle needs to be rebuilt again. Yes, yes. And and rebuilding it in 1992 and doing various kinds of repairs since then in the last 27 years since then has helped provide that for sure. Both in the initial rebuilding in 92 and also ever since then, having it already rebuilt has been kind of an impetus for further research and it did spur you know, research into what the royal portraits would have looked like in order to try to repaint replicas of the portraits. There's all these plaques that were given to the Ryukyu kingdom by the Ming and Qing emperors. And so trying to recreate those plaques based on what an individual Qing emperor's handwriting would have looked like, all of these kinds of different things required a lot of research, and some research came out of it. I'm Tristan Gruno, and this has been Japan on the Record, the podcast for scholars of Japan bring their expertise to bear on issues in the news. Hosted and produced by Tristan Gruno of the Council on East Asian Studies at Yale University. Thank you for listening.